I can't hear you, Allison. You can't okay. hear me? Wait, I can hear you now. <laughs> Hello, everybody. We're live. We're live. <laughs> Hold on. Just gonna fix my hair right quick. <laughs> this, this is how we do. Hello, everybody. Welcome <laughs> to the Jess and Allison show with no name. Happy to have you here every week. How I just you doing, Jess? Yeah, I just walked in from the gym, so. That's wonderful. That's why I'm a little discombobulated. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look like you just walked in from the gym. Thank you. Alex. I appreciate that. <laughs> the gym is good. What kind of um what kind of gym? Okay, so um okay, do you want to hear the history of the gym and <laughs> Yeah, your history <laughs> with it. There was a time when I swore I would never step foot in a gym again because it was like a soul-sucking experience. Um but then you know, after years, years and years and years of different exercise, right. And like starting something and not continuing and like phases, I had like a running phase, right? Like, I think mm -hmm. a lot of us have the running phase. Like I did a couple of half marathons poorly, but whatever it was. Mm -hmm. like fun. <laughs> um, so the one thing I had never, ever, ever, ever been able to stick to was any sort of like weight training, like nothing. Like I could, I just hated it. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't do the videos. I couldn't work out with personal trainers, whatever. And then this amazing woman walked into my life, Nora Matthew, and she owns a studio called Her Strength. Uh, and that is where yeah. I work out. And it's all based on functional movement. So I think mm -hmm. um, like what I've learned is I really need to like understand the science behind the action. Like if I don't feel, yeah. if I feel like it's total BS, like I'm like, forget it. I'm out. Like I'm not doing this. Um, so that's what I love about Nora is that it's, it's all about like improving the way that you move every single day. Right. So mm -hmm. you suddenly have to twist or turn or pull or grab or whatever. And let me tell you, just as a side note, decluttering, there's a lot of like this sort of stuff, right? You're like in awkward mm -hmm. positions. You stay in awkward positions. You're like doing things like in a weird spot. Mm -hmm. anyway, well, it's really totally actually related to clutter. Um, <laughs> but like the idea that you could improve your natural movements and your functional movement every single day and that that would benefit you for a long time really, really, really resonated with me. Plus, I love Nora. She's amazing. So I have been working out with her for like two and a half years now. Yeah, about two and a half, I think two and a half, maybe three and a half years. I don't know, for longer than I've ever worked out with anyone in my entire life. Um, but I recently took a month off for the first time, like just whatever. Uh, I didn't mean to, but that's what happened. So today was my first day back. So <laughs> how, did, how did that feel? <laughs> it was good. It was really good. Good. That's so, good. Yeah, I love it. I love the kettlebells. I love, and you work out too, I know. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I crossed it. Yeah. Yeah. And so can I ask you a question? Yeah. <laughs> cult because the people who are in it seem like they have like there are some similarities. <laughs> I think everything has the ability to be cultish. <laughs> so CrossFit has got that going for it. Like if you're a CrossFitter, you love CrossFit. Like Yeah, it's funny. I think that um I think that there's just so many things that you bond on, like so many like similar personality things. Like somebody had this meme the other day. They're like, this is so CrossFitters. Um, like I don't want to park at the back of the parking lot 
to walk the distance to the door, but I'll race you from here to there. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's got to be some type of like competitive feel to it or high energy. It's just funny. So we do all have some like shared things that we enjoy, which I think creates that atmosphere. <laughs> That's good though. I mean, honestly, if I'm being completely honest, I've always thought about doing CrossFit, but I'm intimidated by it a little bit. Of course you are. It's intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. This is this is the thing about it. Um it's it like I so I was I went all the time for like five years. And then I took like two years off and I just restarted in January. And I was like, so intimidated. <laughs> I was like, I don't have any of the skills anymore. It's all gone. Like, I'm not gonna be able to keep up. I don't know what I'm doing. And it's true, it just has that about it. But it kind of, like I, if anybody were to try out CrossFit, I definitely suggest trying several different boxes. That's what the gyms are called. <laughs> right, because they can't call it a gym. <laughs> I actually don't know what that's from. <laughs> Well, I mean, a room is a box, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but because I think that the, the, the kind of gym that you go to, they all sort of have their own personalities. So like my gym is just really, really welcoming. And everybody, I've, everybody says that when they come in, they just feel really welcomed. And so if you can kind of get past that initial hurdle of like, this is gonna be intimidating, if you walk into a place where everybody's encouraging you, because that's the thing, it really does feel like you're on a team. If you go to the right place, there are some, <laughs> there are some CrossFit gyms that are like, we're the elite athletes and, and we're just here to go to the games. Like that's probably not the place you want to walk into. So like you can try out different places and kind of get a feel. But um, for, for the most part, the thing that I love about CrossFit that, is that it feels like you're on a team, even though you're all at different skill levels everybody's still encouraging everybody in the same way because you're kind of competing against yourself like to try to make times and do whatever so so if you have a competitive personality crossfit seems like a really good fit yeah and you don't even have to be competitive because i'm not even super competitive anymore like <laughs> these days i'm <laughs> these days i'm like i'm really paying attention to my body and i'm like i could like kill myself to try to make this time or I could just keep like really thinking about my form and making sure I'm doing it well. It, it's it all, there is so much mental aspect to all these things. Yeah, it's like to all working out. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, working out in general is intimidating also. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if you're going to CrossFit, which is like maybe like the top of the intimidation ladder. <laughs> um, like anytime, like even just starting to run, like, you know, just mm -hmm. that's intimidating. When I started running, I felt like I could never call myself a runner, right? Mm -hmm. Even though I was competing in races pretty regularly, like multiple times a year, right? And maybe wow. even at like the height of my running career, <laughs> it's such a joke to call it a career, but whatever. Not. <laughs> if you saw my times, you'd be like, this is a walking career, Jess, that you're like, <laughs> but like I was running, right? I was running. I was doing the whole thing and I still couldn't call myself a runner. Like how many races do you need to enter and actually attend to call yourself a runner? Cause I like it's because it's your thoughts. I know <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're talking about this. <laughs> it's in your thoughts. You have to like, actually like just decide I belong here. This is, this is, I like this. This is what I am. I do this and just like take authority of it because this is how it is for everything, right? If we're depending on the circumstance itself to like tell us what we think, 
<laughs> it's never going to work. <laughs> it's never going to work. So how can somebody who wants to exercise, do any exercise, feel less intimidated about the process of starting to exercise? Yeah. I, I think that the biggest thing is to just know that your brain doesn't want you to exercise for a reason. <laughs> because like part of your brain's function is to be efficient and save energy. So it's like, go sit on the couch. There, you will be nice and safe. <laughs> but it's just like the way your brain functions. So so it's not just that, it's not totally just, it's gonna give you all the reasons why everything is a terrible idea, right? Oh, this is gonna be so hard. That's such a common thing our brain gives us. So just kind of noticing like, oh, that's just the normal human brain that everybody has. And I know that I don't have to just listen to it and believe it. And also I think it's helpful to, I think all of us have, um, been involved with exercise at some time in our life. And we just kind of forget, <laughs> like, did, have I ever done any exercise ever? Like, did I ever do sports? <laughs> or did I ever like go for a walk with somebody? And because we just forget, like our brain, like just forgets. Like, well, that is, oh, yeah, it's an evolutionary yeah. advantage. Like you forget how much it stinks to push out a baby <laughs> and then you do it again. <laughs> second that you have that child, you like forgot how horrible it was. You're right. Like, oh. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, look for evidence of where you've already done things like that before. And the things and the ways in which you really liked it. Because I think that that's what we forget. Like, when I run. <laughs> it's always like those first 45 seconds in where my body's like, what are you doing? And it's like, what is it? The lactic acid or whatever. Like it's, it's that immediate thing that's like telling me to just stop. And if I'm, if I just notice, oh, it's just like what my body's doing in this initial stage. And then I keep going for like another minute and it changes. <laughs> So Listen just, to your gut, not your body or your brain, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you got to go with your gut reactions. If you listen to your body or your brain, you're going to be like sitting on a couch watching Netflix in your safe zone. <laughs> right, right. Well, and, and you can listen to your brain also, but you can like get outside of it, right? Like, which is what everything I, I do with all my mindset coaching. But I've, I've done this physically in exercise too. So I, I don't go running very often, but I remember the last time that I ran, I remember just my brain was like, here's all the things that are terrible right now. This hurts, <laughs> this hurts, this feels like this. Oh my gosh, we need to stop. And I was oh, like, and you can't breathe. <laughs> oh yeah, and you can't breathe and it's impossible. And like, what are you doing? And so I was like, at first I was listening to it and like in it. And then I was like, wait, I have the ability to think about my thinking. Okay, so like now, instead of thinking just the thoughts, I think, oh, my brain thinks this. <laughs> my brain thinks this hurt. This hurts right here. Like, because I was like this, like, oh, <laughs> like, well, <laughs> of course it hurts because I'm like hunched over and I'm like caving in on my lungs. And I'm like, I bet I know how to make this feel better right now. <laughs> let's, let's straighten up. Oh, look at that brain. <laughs> like, straighten up is always a good idea. Like I need to do that more. Got to straighten up. Straighten up. If you're yeah. sitting and slouching right now, just like go ahead, do that thing where mm -hmm. you sit straight. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like stack, stack. This is something that really helped me when I first learned it. Stacking your body. Like thinking of it as like everything on top of each other, like the hips, like, and then you're, you're just, you're not like leaning any which right. way. It's just stacked. 
right? And yeah. your neck too is a really big deal, like not pushing forward or leaning back. It's just a little awkward when you're on camera though. I think like, I, you know, I, um, I fight the posture for the best camera angle. So. <laughs> <laughs> She's not in my You're best like, best. let me just like sit like this. <laughs> also, okay. So here's another, you, I don't know how tall you are, Allison, but mm -hmm. Because I've never met you in person. <laughs> I'm not that tall. <laughs> I was surprised when I met Meredith. She was way taller than I expected. <laughs> and I think I'm shorter than most people expect. Um, but like my feet don't comfortably hit the ground. So I always am like, well, now we call it crisscross applesauce. Right? <laughs> or somehow like I have like, I never sit like with my feet. Because my feet don't like, they're they're near the ground. <laughs> they're brushing the ground. <laughs> so, so this is all about just like working with what you have. Right. Do you well, have a chair where you can sit your feet on the ground? I have a stool, uh, like actually to put my feet on, but, yeah. um, but I like to kind of sit like crisscross applesauce. It took me a long time to understand what they were saying. Crisscross applesauce. I'm like, Oh, that's not what we called it when we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's fine to not get like too in your head about it, like just being comfortable. But when you notice there's like tension, I think that's where that's where it's really helpful is to become skilled at being aware of your body. Like just really notice where there's something that's tension because your brain will use that as a way to be like, see this, what we're doing is like too hard and we need to go lay down. And really, it's just like you can shift your posture and feel totally different like in a minute. Teresa, she's so not competitive. Netflix is her BFF. Teresa, you could watch Netflix and walk on a treadmill <laughs> or walk in place. <laughs> yeah. Or do some stretching. Right. Or just mm -hmm. like notice your posture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so many ways. <laughs> you, can, you can work with it. Yeah. You can totally, yeah, you can work with it. Okay. So on the topic of exercise mm -hmm. Allison and I am curious in the comments also I think one of my biggest like from childhood things about exercise that really set me off on like the wrong track now I was like involved in sports in high school like mm -hmm. like really involved right I played three different sports whatever um but do you remember like your first interaction with like exercise in elementary school and I don't know maybe you had a different thing but did you do the horrible presidential fitness test when you were growing up the mile run the sit and reach the like pull-ups or just hang because you can't pull yourself up I forget I think there were five things I forget what the other oh sit-ups I forget what the last one was what it's, grade was that no it's like every grade in elementary every school. grade you didn't do it, did you? Maybe it didn't. Where did well, you grow up in? <laughs> I, I thought it was I, a special thing. <laughs> sometimes I just think I forget a lot because, like, I think my kids have done that. Chin-ups. Yeah. So my kids had to do it also. Yeah. So play sports in. But I don't remember doing it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So it's absolutely a miserable experience. And I had to do it. Everyone, maybe you didn't. <laughs> See, everyone in the comments is saying it was awful, right? It was freaking terrible. You had to run a mile, right? First of all, with no training, like this was just like, go out onto the track, go out onto the field and just start running. And then, 
And like, I mean, you know, you're like in fifth grade or fourth mm -hmm. grade or whatever it was. Oh, Heather says she did it in ninth grade. Um, Colleen says it was in a class of almost all boys who found it fun to laugh at me and it was traumatizing. Oh, gosh. This is how we are introducing our kids to physical fitness. And I thought like now this would be, you know, not even a thing anymore because it's so horrible. It's mm -hmm. obviously not in the best interest of the kids, mm -hmm. the students, right? It sets us off for like, for the most part, for most kids, like hating exercise. Yeah. And guess what? They're still doing it. They're still doing it. Has nobody thought like, oh my gosh, this fitness test means nothing and destroys children's like emotions, breaks mm -hmm. their self-esteem. Why are we still doing this? How did your kids, how did your kids handle it? Cause okay. I, my, so, I just remember my daughter being like, I can do chin-ups and other people can't. <laughs> so my kids didn't have to do it until I actually, I don't think that Stella's ever done it. Um, because they were in a private school for a long time, but then I moved them into public school for middle school and Anastasia wanted to play JV tennis. So she had to take this test alone with a coach and what? in the summer, like during the summer so that she could like get onto the JV tennis team. Another thing I'm going to just say, like uh, there's another parameter for playing JV tennis in middle school in New York. And it's that girls have to have developed and gotten their periods, which I also like really think is messed up. What? Like I had to go to the doctor and there's like some scale that like one to five of like development, like, you know, girls body development. And she had to be a certain like amount developed to be eligible to play JV tennis. Okay. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I like, what does it, <laughs> What does it bring to the table? I'm so confused. <laughs> I know. So this is like, you know, I have a really hard time with authoritative things that make yeah. no sense. Yeah, me too. So this is why, like, I actually, this is why my kids were in private school for elementary school, because I couldn't, I couldn't deal with like the, like the, for no reason, let's take a test or for no reason, this is the rule or for no reason, this is, you know, mm -hmm. so, Anyway, I have to tell you, they love public school. They're having a really, really good experience. It's me that has the hard time, right? They they are like loving it. Mm. I am like, what? Like, why does why does this matter? You know. <laughs> but I try to not do that in front of them because I don't want to ruin their experience, right? Yeah. Anyway, so in order to play JV tennis in seventh grade, she had to take the presidential fitness test, which was horrible. And then she also had to go to like get, I had to get these forms filled out by the doctor to say that she, the doctor had to say that she was like at a certain stage of development. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am also the same. Like I am like a super rebellious at heart person. I just like, <laughs> it's like very, like you, you don't necessarily know it's like under the surface and I didn't grow up um, enforcing any of it. And now I'm like, I don't understand these things. <laughs> Because I feel the same. If something is not going to logically, it's just, there's, that would make me mad. I would like <laughs> to actually hear from a New York State administrator why our daughters have to have their periods in order to play junior varsity tennis in seventh grade or eighth grade because some of her friends couldn't play and it was because they hadn't developed enough yet. Like, 
I just don't like that doesn't have to do with strength or anything. Like no. I don't understand. It has to do with nothing. Nothing. Like nothing. <laughs> like I can't even imagine where that came from, but I do feel like a man made up that rule. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Oh yeah, exactly, Lisa. I want to know what the boys have to do. Yeah, what do the boys have to prove to play JV tennis? Probably not that they got their periods. Like, <laughs> man, I, you know, now that you're saying all this about like our initial exposure to exercise, I that makes me really sad. I feel like my kids have been exposed to exercise because they kind of grew up in the CrossFit gym because I they were really little when I first started. Um, and I feel like that's part of the reason why I enjoy it is that I can like, it can be like, I can show them this, you know, this different way of, of thinking about exercise and stuff. Um, but that would make a lot of sense actually. <laughs> and exercise already doesn't sound fun to your brain, although it definitely can be. And like, that's the way yeah. I work with my own mind sometimes. And like, sometimes when I don't want to go to the gym, I, I'll just notice my own attitude. I'll be like, wait, but what's actually fun about it? Because there is fun stuff. It's fun to be able to move your body and to be able to do things. Like, like being able to do cartwheels with my daughter in the yard is fun. It's yeah. fun to be able to have this ability with your body. So. That makes me really I think sad. if we call it activity instead of exercise, it feels better if we just change the label. Like <laughs> changing labels always helps. Like I change words all the time <laughs> to make it better for my mind. Like we're gonna pick a different word for this. <laughs> but I, I'm actually I'm like shocked that you didn't do that presidential fitness test because I'm telling you that was like the beginning of the end for like well, so I'm just like, in the comments, it's like people are saying it's I mean, it was like traumatizing for yeah the vast majority of I, I'm gonna, I don't know how boys felt about it, but also, okay, let's just, I'm going to tell you a little bit more. Let's talk about that for one more second. Okay. So <laughs> you have to do a mile run, which totally sucks because they don't train you for it. And mm -hmm. you know, you're supposed to do it fast. Like, <laughs> so he's like, let you out and like do that mile run. Then you have to do chin-ups or you have to hold yourself over the bar. If you can't do a chin-up for a certain number of seconds, like 30 seconds or 60 seconds or whatever, then you have to do a sit and reach. Now, the sit and reach. So you have no idea what this is? No. <laughs> God. Okay. Imagine, Allison, that you're sitting with your feet up against, against a box, right? Uh-huh. And then there's a board that comes towards you. So you're sitting on your butt. Your legs are straight. Your feet uh -huh. are up against a box. There's a board on top of the box with a ruler on it. And you literally put your hands straight and you go one, two, three and see how far you can reach your fingers on the ruler. Now, okay. What does that have to do with being eligible to play a sport? Because there's <laughs> another regulation. <laughs> is that also like the, the idea behind this is that it, it told you if you were eligible for certain things. Like well, yes, how? So could not play tennis unless she passed the presidential fitness test. Right. <laughs> there were like certain things that she had to do. She had to run the mile and like, I think, I want to say nine minutes and 30 seconds, which is so fast, what? maybe 10 minutes, it, but it was like way, way, way fast. Right. She had to sit You're and read. Kid? Yeah. Like, she was, she she was got little legs. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a long ways. Oh okay. My gosh. <laughs> reach like a certain 
like, you know, distance, right? Then she had to do pull-ups or chin-ups or whatever, the hang thing. Uh, then she had to do a hundred sit-ups, I think, in a minute. No. I'm pretty sure that's what it that's was. That's not possible. That's not possible. Right. Maybe it was less than that, but it was a lot. I'm going to look it up right now. Hold on. And then she had to do this other thing where you basically like put down, it's like a lunge reach, like, like you're like putting down like a ball on a line and you run to the other line and you like pick up the ball and like, it's like a, you know, like a quick lungy reachy thing. Um, <laughs> Isn't the point of sports to like, you practice and you build yourself up for the meets or the games. Like you don't, you're not supposed to go into a sport already being able to do all the things. Well, but also what does that have to do with playing like, tennis? Like, <laughs> like those that it sounds like, let me see if you can like move your body functionally. I don't, it still doesn't really like fit, but, but like you're not supposed to be at any level at all before you go into a sport. That's what I tell my kids all the time. I'm like, you don't have to know how to play soccer before you go get on the team. Like you're going to practice. You're going to learn the things you're going to learn how to get your body ready. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Mer wait, hold on. Meredith, can you come on? Can you come on the call with us? Cause I actually would love your insight. You might know why we do this. Meredith is watching right now. And she says she, she's our our nutrition and fitness and whole body health coach in CBA and also a CrossFitter. So she's in oh, your fun. club. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Um, but she oh, loves the presidential fitness test and maybe she knows why, like what the purpose is behind it. So Mary, just let me know if you can join us because if you so could, funny. I would love your insight here. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was, um, I don't know what grades they did that, but I was homeschooled from third to sixth. So I'm just wondering if I just missed it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, could be. Maybe your mom told them that you did it, but she knew it was such uh, <laughs> BS that she just lied on your behalf. <laughs> she, she probably, well, we didn't like homeschool. We just did what we wanted. She's had well, but even when you homeschool, you have to like say that you're doing like X, Y, and Z, right? You don't have to do, I'm homeschooling my kids this fall. And so I've been like studying up on all the things and it's, and I was worried about like, how much do I have to like report report? Like, what does this look like? It's not nearly as, as hard as you think. So I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that would be, I don't think they would ask me if I did that for my kids. No, <laughs> I do. Like, I remember doing this in every grade, but definitely it, it started in elementary school. Like I totally, totally Colleen, I basically claimed I had my period every gym day for a decade. Oh, <laughs> that makes me sad though. Like this is how, this is how we're our kids in like in PE class. Hmm. It's just, it's a horrible start to yeah. lifelong exercise or activity or movement. Yeah. You know? Meredith hasn't responded. Meredith. <laughs> She's like, let's just disappear. <laughs> Heather and says her teacher was, her PE teacher was, was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't make the girls run. And just saying, yeah. I guess it was condescending because he didn't think girls could be fit or strong. <laughs> Maybe. 
<laughs> maybe, or maybe he was just being nice. I, it probably does depend a lot on your teacher. It, oh, it totally does and how creative they are. I mean, that's with every teacher in your life, right? PE mm -hmm. teachers included. Um, oh yeah, showers after gym, Jody. I remember that in high school. That is that that was disgusting. Okay, that's just like not something that you should make high school girls have to do in one open shower. No, no, no. that's a big no. <laughs> so many things. Man. So, Allison, how do we start breaking down this like horrible, you know? Like, be, like we all, like, so, okay, not all of us, right? Yeah, Sam says showers were so traumatizing for me. Exactly. There's mm -hmm. a lot of trauma at the beginning of, like, exercise in our culture today, which mm. maybe you missed. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> how do we, like, how do we start to, like, repair that damage and start fresh? Hmm. Well, I mean, I think the biggest starting point is how we interact with our kids. Because if I just, I'm just like imagining kids in school and like all the things they're thinking and feeling. And if, if they're just trying to process all this information, like processing, having to take showers at school or processing not being able to run in front of other people. There's so much there, right? And I think that they have got to have safety with us to be able to talk about things. And we have got to learn how to be so available and so curious and in inquisitive to find out like, what's going on internally with them to help them process some of these things. Because honestly, I don't even think we know, like even if you're a teacher and with the kids all the time, you, you don't really know what they're processing necessarily. So you got to kind of know some of the information first to know like, where's the change that needs to happen. Okay. But here's my question. What if you're an adult now and you had all this trauma in the beginning, how do you overcome that now? And I just, mm. Dana, I, I just want to respond to your comment quickly. Dana says, this is sad. People didn't like PE. My dad was a PE coach and I feel like everyone loved him. I will tell you, Dana, I had some amazing coaches. Amazing. Like, especially in high school, I loved my PE, like my, my team sport coaches were well, except for one, but like most of them were phenomenal. And I credit them with a whole bunch of positive stuff that happened in my life. So it's definitely a mixed bag. I really am was specifically talking about this elementary school experience of presidential fitness test and <laughs> Anastasia's recent, recent experience in seventh grade of getting onto the tennis team. Um, mm. but yeah. Less body shaming would totally help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That is really hard to get past. Yeah. So for people who are, who had this in the past and you're adults now and realizing all this trauma, the first, the first step is the recognition, right? Like, man, like, yeah, that was trauma. Like I've, I've got stuff that has affected me for my entire life because of these experiences and learning how to um, process that you can totally, this, this is, this is what we do, right? You, you learn how to process the information now. Learn how to um, get back inside of some of those deep beliefs that have been planted in there for a long time, and work with them, and and don't be alone in it. That's the biggest thing. 
don't be alone in it because your mind will just keep feeding you the same stuff that's been growing in there from all these experiences. All right. So Teresa DeFilch says, I hated it because the PE teacher always pointed out that I was a fat, ugly kid. What is wrong with people? I seriously like a basic, basic one-on-one, how to talk, how to like deal with other humans. Right. Like, yeah, that's insane. That's just insane. And that, and that is so like nothing to do with you, Teresa, like just nothing to do with you. That person had so much wrong in their mind for them to have those kinds of actions spewing out of them. Absolutely. It's like completely unacceptable, period. I'm so sorry. Yeah, back then you could do and say anything to children. It's true. But even today, I feel like we've come a long way, but there's still a lot that's just, you know, like a, like, you're like, really? (laughs) Yeah. Well, honestly, I think that, I think that people just, (laughs) there's so much of just being human that we don't know how to understand and process. And if we're not self-aware or learning how to look at our own stuff that's going on inside of us, it all just ends up coming out on other people and kids take the brunt of so much. And we don't, we don't, if we can't understand that there's stuff being processed inside of us, we can't understand that there's stuff being processed inside of them too. They're just little people and they're believing everything we tell them. And yeah, honestly, this is like a, this is a big thing for me when it comes to kids. I have like, I have so much heartbreak over just the fact that that you, you can, at least as an adult, your brain is fully formed, right? And you have some capacity to say like, okay, there's like people I can talk to, to try and get some help with this. Kids have no understanding. Like they're just so, they deserve so much better. They can't process the complex emotional, like, no, they can't. I mean, that's why you want to put your kids into an atmosphere where there's really a focus on social emotional development. Mm -hmm. That is, I think, missing in a lot of education still. It's way better than it was. Mm -hmm. It's way better than it was. But, oh my gosh, Colleen, let's talk dodgeball trauma. (laughs) So that's like a real thing. (laughs) This is a real thing. It is. You guys, this is, this is why we do the work on ourselves. Okay. This is why, because we can't, like, we can't change the world overnight. We can't change the school systems overnight. And, and in our own houses, we are the, we're the safe zone. We're the ones who can teach our kids these things. So no matter what they deal with outside of there, at least we can teach them how to process emotions and gain emotional intelligence and be able to not just take everything they're given as like fact and truth that they have to absorb. There is so much PE class drama in the comments. I am actually, I'm like heartbroken reading this. Sam says, I'm so glad this topic came up because I thought it was just me. And then we have, um, not getting Barbara says not getting getting picked for a team chosen last. I mean, yeah, all this stuff. It's just it's it really not the right way to do things. At, like not even close. Hmm. Do your kids talk to you about stuff at school? Um, sometimes it depends. 
they will if like you know sometimes i have to kind of drag it out of them mm-hmm. but um i would say so they went to a progressive school for uh, pre-k through sixth grade and or fifth grade um they have very strong social emotional skills because that was basically the only thing I cared about. And that's why I chose the school they went to. Um, so they are, they're, they're, yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty stable. Like I, my whole thought for elementary school was I don't care about academics at all. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like, I guess this is my educational philosophy is we have the answer to everything is in our pocket. And I want, to focus on how to be strong emotionally and socially, because I think those are the two skills that you need the most in life. The academic stuff, like they'll all read by the time they graduate, they'll all do basic math and then they have calculators. And if they want to go further with that, they can. And if they don't want to, that's okay. Um, My biggest concern about high school is like the focus on going to college. And I have, I really don't want my kids to go right to college because who knows what they want to do when they're 17 or 18 years old and it costs a fortune. Can we talk about this? Yes. (laughs) Because this is something that I've been thinking also. (laughs) And, and um, there's a part of me that's like, but like, do I want to allow my kids to have like, would I be sad if I didn't have my college experience? But then there's another part of me that's like, why does that matter? (laughs) Like there's other experiences that can be had because I, I, you, you don't, there's so many, <laughs> we came from the like time, like we're the same age, I think. And when <laughs> I went, when I went to college, it was like, oh, here's the job opportunities available for you when you get out of college. And then, so I like, it's a lie. <laughs> at the time, it was like, this is what, what was kind of true. And I went into graphic design, which is supposed to be like this really, you know, up and coming. And then I get out of college and like immediately, like everything's crashing. And like, that's the thing that's (laughs) like, you're like, that's like the first to go. Like graphic designers weren't like, you couldn't really find the stuff anymore. And I'm like, you know, I was then talking to my husband. I'm like, you know, you can get really, really good income by learning specific skill sets. Like these, these really, these trade jobs and all these things that are, have been neglected in some ways because we're, we just are going for a piece of paper yeah. and now it's like so important. I'm like, is there a reason to send my kids to college? I don't know. I think if you like, so if you decide that you want a very specific skill set and the only place that you can get that is by going through a college experience, mm-hmm. do it. But if you don't know what you want to do, then try learning a trade first. (laughs) That that is where the money is, really. And if you if the whole point of going to college is to be able to make a higher income, I really feel like right now the ability to make a higher income comes from blue collar trade jobs. And yeah, that's Mm -hmm. where the money is. So if your end goal is making a lot of money, Don't come out of college in debt with the ability to start making like $36,000 a year because that's not setting yourself up for success. Like it's so backwards. It's so backwards. It is. It's, it's so bizarre. And I think that, I think that I had um, been raised with, I think we all sort of did from our generation. We've just been raised with like, this is how it goes. Like you have this to step to this step to this step. Like, like nobody's going to look at you unless you have like a diploma, you know? And now I'm just like, maybe it's the rebel in me, but I'm just like, 
Why is that true? College, she says college was a good thing for her. So that's awesome. It like, was a good thing for me too. Yeah. Right. Like, so it could be a good thing, but it's not the only not thing. The only thing. Yeah. The idea that there's options. Right. Mm -hmm. And that there's other pathways to quote unquote success, right? That yeah. it does not have to involve, you know, spending $60,000 a year for four to eight years. <laughs> yeah. A lot of it depends on the major. Exactly. Like, yeah. so like, for example, nursing seems like you really need to go to college to be <laughs> a nurse, right? Like that's like a very defined career path. Like you have to have certain skills that you get in that like nursing program. Mm -hmm. But like lots of other stuff doesn't, you can like learn your skills on the job, right? Like, I mean. Well, honestly, when I think about what I learned in college with, you know, with my particular, I did a photography and graphic design double major. And really, essentially, what I learned was how to learn software that was like is is immediately obsolete. Right. <laughs> like I've had to relearn the software every single year. Like I'm currently like keep some of the software. Right. I've kept some of the software because I still love my Adobe stuff. But you can't even like buy it that way anymore. It's so old. Like it, it's only like on this cloud. It's like you have to relearn everything all the time. Well, and I think that like Canva took out the entire graphic design industry. So. Oh, no. Sort of <laughs> in some ways. I'm like, I am so like in love with my my Adobe stuff, but <laughs> and I'm in love with Canva. I feel like a graphic designer every day when I type canva.com into my like I yes, love it. Graphic design didn't need to go to college. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, yeah. just as an aside, I've told my kids over and over again, I really don't think that they need to go right to college. They can take a gap year. They don't have to go to college, blah, blah, blah. They both desperately want to go to college. Yeah. Uh, of course. Of course. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. My but daughter. Yeah, my biggest concern about high school is that it's just college prep. And that's not what I want. My I want my kids to experience skill set learning. Hands well, on. to even go back to like, you know, elementary grades that we were talking about before, I've had um, my kids' teachers tell me that because of all of the, the state stuff that they have to test, school has become that also. Less yeah. about like, let's learn the skills and all about let's learn to the test. Yep. Like everything is, is like, let's learn for that thing we got to get to. Let's get grades for high school to get to college. Like it's... Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, so I think um, New York and Massachusetts, I believe, test the most, test their elementary kids the most. Mm. So that's why, I mean, I was, I, I was like, no, 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 we're not doing this. Mm -hmm. We're not doing this. But, um, but now my kids love taking tests. <laughs> Your kids are so set up. Well, right. but you know, it's funny. They both, um, both of them, the first time they had to take a Scantron, they did it wrong because they had never seen a Scantron. <laughs> <laughs> so Stella was taking a state test this year and she said that all the teachers like like descended upon her scantron at her desk and they're like you're not doing it right because she was circling instead of filling oh. in so they started like erasing her circles and, like, they're like could we use this I don't know can we use this Will it go through the machine? and they're like didn't you learn how to do this last year honey and she's like yeah, I forgot. Instead of saying I've never yeah. seen it in my life. <laughs> I used to be freaked out by the scantrons. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it wrong. I'm gonna do it wrong. I actually saw something so great the other day that someone posted that was like, 
so just the way in in which we teach our kids or like the understanding of it is of having to excel in school is like you have to excel at all these things you have to know how to do all these things at the highest level possible and just thinking about that as an adult like i i am not a high level cook i am not <laughs> a high level like cleaning person <laughs> like <laughs> i'm just doing like the minimum of my best and i'm not stressing about it because i'm going to put my energy into these other places just that like concept alone you want to talk about that for a second because sure. i because yeah. i feel like that really breeds our perfectionist image management 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 sides of us that's like <laughs> that's like i got to i got to like i'm going to be like rejected or not approved of if I'm not at these high levels. I yeah. Think that carries with us through life too. Well, I mean, also like having valedictorian in school and like, mm -hmm. you know, ooh, am I getting an echo? Mm, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't hear your echo. Maybe you hear it. I was hearing I hear it. I don't no. know. Go wait out. See, you're not using headphones or anything. Yeah, so, oh, they hear your echo too. Well, I'm not going to talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, does Alice an echo? Am, am I echoing? Because apparently we're just like, oh, can you just do a one person show now? <laughs> she says it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> It was a brief echo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I, I know, I know for a fact that like, I actually um, had like a lot of my identity built around this idea that I'm not really smart. I just study really hard. Like that's how I actually get, mm -hmm. like that's how I do well mm -hmm. is because I work so hard at it. That I've been breaking that down for, like a year now. <laughs> because How's that going? How's the breaking it down going? It's working. It is working. Because it it was it's because it's all just a thought. Like it actually is a thought that I had just created as part of my identity. <laughs> my coach actually said one time, she was like, what if actually you got good grades just because you are really smart? <laughs> so there was like, this thing though growing up, right? Like, yeah, I totally okay. You're doing well because you're a good test taker, mm. right? Like not because you're smart. Like you're a good test taker, so you're doing well. I was told that my whole life. Actually, oh, mention it. Yeah. Or so, what does that do for really your self concept? Yeah, it's like a terrible self concept to carry around. So, so that's so I like that energy level of oh, so in order for things to be the way I want them to, I need to be you know, expending all my energy. I need to be totally tired. I need to know I've covered every single basis. That's yeah, that hustle energy. I like I live my my whole life like that, like my relationships like that, everything. It's it's just so insane that that can be built that way. So that's you're not alone, Alice. And look at the comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the school trauma episode. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Man, we just when we're kids, you don't you don't have the capacity to to recognize these things that you're 
you're building into your identity. That's like going into the vault of your subconscious that your brain will pull from for the rest of your life. You just, that's, that's kind of, even, even, even how, however much I try to work with my kids and, and helping them see their thoughts and recognize their thoughts and try to feed different thoughts into them. I know it's, it's like still happening, right? They're still kind of like building their own concepts of what do I think about the world and what, how do I relate to it? it it's, it's kind of, unfortunately, I <laughs> part of the process. Right. It's impossible to not have like yeah. this stuff go on. Right. Yeah. I mean, but I think the point is that as parents or any other adult that interacts with children, it's up to us to be aware of how impactful our words, actions, oh and gosh. all of that is, right? Yeah. Because all of this stuff contributes to lifelong untangling as an adult. Yeah. And it's really, I mean, we have to build our children up. We have to build our friends up. We have to build people up. Because there's a lot of like breaking down and destroying that happens, especially, you know, at a young age. But then, then we do start doing it to ourselves. So we got to just build people up. And, and honestly, you have to start with yourself. If you don't start with yourself, then you can't see it. Mm -hmm. like, because because I've, I've seen things now, like uh, some traits that some of my kids have, like, especially my middle child, because I'm a classic middle child. And so, <laughs> and so I see some of the things and I'm like, Oh, my gosh, I see this black and whiteness in you. I see this like, needing to achieve thing in you. Like, I'm just like seeing it all because I've seen it in myself now that I've been doing all this, like digging up and undoing within my own mind. And if you don't kind of if you don't learn how to um, get back to your own value and worth innately within yourself, you then you kind of are you you're, we pass it along, right? Our stuff is all generally generationally passed along too. You you pass it along without really recognizing it. Like, yeah, you got to do good in school because this is what we want from you, and and then it's like it's it's the same until you start to see it in yourself and you start to re realize that separation no matter how you're trying not to hurt your kids, it's like, it still ends up kind of coming out. Yeah, so you gotta work on you first. You have to put yeah. yourself first. Yeah, it's it's crucial, it's crucial. 100%. I feel like I say this every single day to somebody. What yeah. about you? <laughs> yeah. What about you? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so important. It's the you are so it. much more important than the mile run. <laughs> Way to wrap it up. <laughs> you, you do not have to sit and reach. <laughs> oh, man. Self-care is a huge gift and supportive in so many areas. That's right. Absolutely. And here's just like one little thing that I don't know if you necessarily like know in the audience. But for every critique that you give, you need to give five encouragements. To yourself. For everybody, do it for yourself. Everybody, for your okay, kids. all right. Do it for your kids, do it to your husband. Like because our brain hears the negative so loudly that it takes five of the positive in order for the negative to actually be absorbed as in a loving, safe way. That's so true. I always say the negative rises to the top, and it's like mm -hmm. the one percent. And mm -hmm. 
you have to really focus on the positive. So when you do your compliment sandwich, you got to make it like a sub. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <The> compliment sub. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you describe the compliment sandwich for anybody who might not know it? Okay. So the compliment sandwich is a method of critiquing or criticizing somebody else that my daughters taught were or were learned learned my daughters learned in second grade they were taught by their second grade teacher and I teach it to everybody now because it's so applicable to adults also but basically the compliment sandwich is you say something kind or positive or complimentary then you pop your little critique or criticism in there and then you cushion it with another positive statement right so the i mean it, one example that i give all the time when it comes to clutter is like um you know if somebody's bringing a lot of stuff into the house like i really appreciate how much time and effort you put into taking care of our family right now i need you to stop bringing so much stuff over because the clutter is overwhelming to me but thank you for the love that you show to us all the time like i really appreciate you right so it's just like mm -hmm. like right in there is that little thing don't bring the stuff into the house but <laughs> the way in which you're saying yeah. mm -hmm. it feels so good <laughs> yeah yeah and let me add that like your your energy behind that is super important because if you're like, I'm going to put these compliments in there just to like, just to do the compliments because I'm supposed to, but I still think that you're a jerk for bringing all this stuff in that can be felt. So like, actually like the compliments that you want to say, like really notice if you believe them or not and think about them, like let yourself have positive thoughts towards the person that you want to have the interaction with. I think that even just thinking about a compliment sandwich, because you have to actually like figure out how to say it, right? So there's like, I actually have a worksheet in my um, Clutter Boss at Home self-study program that like lets you like write out compliment sandwiches so that like it, you know, because you have to think about how to say it. You can't just like do it on the spot, but trying to come up with those positive things does put you into a more positive mindset because you're like, yeah. you have to think about what you value about this other person and what their motivations are also because most of the time for like most of the time our motivations are not to be mean or unkind or nasty or hurtful right. or to do something negative our motivations are like about us not about you know other people right. um and so when people are doing something that comes across upsetting to you not all the time but most of the time that's not the intention and intention is really important i think yeah yeah absolutely and the way in which we that's like all speaking back to the same way that we work with our mind all the time like looking letting our minds look at the positive when it wants to only look at the negative really can change yeah everything everything yeah <sighs> <laughs> All right. So in the comments, if you're watching this later, I want to know if you took the presidential fitness test. Um, and I'm going to post that other thing that I was talking about, that scale, because I did look it up yeah. when it happened. And, you know, <laughs> and um, if you have any understanding of why we still do these things, <laughs> I would love to try and understand it more seriously. Yeah. Yeah. What's the motivation? <laughs> yeah. If you if you're like, you know, one of the people who helped set it in place, please give us some more information. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
Um, Allison, this was awesome. Yeah, as always. Wake up today. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I wouldn't miss it. <laughs> I know. It's so fun. Happy Friday, everyone. Have a great weekend and go do an activity that you love, right? Yeah. Not exercise, activity. Go activity. do an activity that you love. Move your body in a way that feels fun. Sam says, my husband took it, the test, and he was given an award for it. Yes, because the people who scored highest on the presidential fitness test were awarded at assemblies in front of all the other kids. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh and my gosh. had their names on like leadership boards or like leaderboards all around the school. Are you serious? Okay. All right. <laughs> Whatever your background has been with fitness or exercise, just know that your body is a beautiful gift in this world. And the way in which you inhabit it is part of the fun of life. So yes, use, it. use it to enjoy yourself, to have fun. I recommend trying out cartwheels again. I know they feel like really funny as an adult, but just the process of trying. Don't get will. hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it's do some round offs then. <laughs> a tumble salt. Try tumble salting. Yes. Roll down a hill. That sounds Oh, safer. do that. Roll down a hill. Yes. Think about how you can get your body involved again in your life. That's really what it's about. Getting your body I involved. Then. I love yeah. it. So good. All right, everyone. Right. Thank you so much. We love you. We think you are an amazing human. And we are truly grateful that you are watching this podcast. Seriously. Thank we you are. for giving us your time today and showing up. I love it. Thanks, guys. This is right. always so good. <laughs> Have a wonderful week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, Allison. Bye.